The Grandmother Stories Seeking Light in Dark Times Hello, I'm Katherine Matheson. Writer, grandmother, crone, aspiring wise woman. I've walked this earth through six decades and even the fools among us can see the situation in this world that our children will inherit is dire. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Episode 10 Seeking Thin Places and Answers from the Universe Dear Grandchildren, If you have been listening to previous episodes, you might have noticed a bit of a pattern in these stories, weaving itself through several different threads. I want you to know this is not by any particular design. It's just a matter of showing them to you as they reveal themselves to me. In this episode, we name one of these threads, The Brilliant Land. It's the story of Kamina, a student of Merlin, and a teacher of the youngest ones among her people. This is the third part of the story. If you haven't yet heard the first two parts, check out episode 6, When the Stones Sing, and episode 8, The Magic of Ley Lines. Even if you haven't yet listened to those episodes, you're welcome to listen to this part first. So let's begin, seeking thin places and asking questions of the universe. This real world we live in holds four dimensions that we know of, up, down, across, and time. The magical world I love to tell you about holds many more dimensions, and in the telling of the stories from this place, I'm drawing, among other things, from a long tradition of storytellers who believed in the existence of much more than what we can see and feel and touch. Storytellers like Jorge Luis Borges, who wrote a story in 1945 about a poet showing his friend a small spot in his basement that he called an Aleph. He described it as, quote, a place on earth where all places are, seen from every angle, each standing clear without any confusion or blending, end quote. The poet's friend experiences the Aleph this way, quote, all space was there, actual and undiminished, I saw the teeming sea. I saw daybreak and nightfall. I saw the Aleph from every point and angle, and in the Aleph I saw the earth, and in the earth the Aleph, and in the Aleph the earth." End quote. In essence, 
An aleph is a magical point of infinite understanding, and the poet's friend theorizes there may be points like this in existence everywhere in the world. Borges' short story inspired a novel called Aleph, written by Paulo Coelho in 2011. In Coelho's story, two people unexpectedly encounter an Aleph in an empty railway car, and it causes both to have life-changing visions. They experience the Aleph as a mythical, quote, point at which everything is in the same place at the same time, end quote. The idea of extra dimensions has also fascinated scientists, especially since Einstein's theory of relativity helped us begin to articulate the relationships between time and our three-dimensional world. Physicist Lisa Randall of Harvard University told the Smithsonian Magazine about her belief in extra dimensions in an article called Opening Strange Portals in Physics. Quote, there could be more to the universe than the three dimensions we are familiar with. They're hidden from us in some way, perhaps because they're tiny or warped. But even if they're invisible, they could affect what we actually observe in the universe. There are lots of things we cannot see with the naked eye that turn out to be based in reality. End quote. The article goes on to explain that these extra dimensions could be separated from ours by a million trillion trillionth of a centimeter. Can you even imagine how thin that is? A million trillion trillionth of a centimeter? Well, it would be much, much thinner than a human hair. You can follow a link to the Smithsonian article or watch Randall explain her work further in a video called Extra Dimensions of Our Universe. Both the Smithsonian article and this video are linked to this episode on thegrandmotherstories.com. The point here is that when you get those feelings from time to time, dear grandchildren, that you are connecting to something more than this three-dimensional world, pay attention. You may be experiencing your own version of an aleph or a different dimension or something the ancients called a thin place. There was a time in our far distant past when people were not only aware of the thin places, they were also able to visit them, as long as they followed the sacred laws that exist regarding the crossing of these universal boundaries. The sacred laws are not like the enforceable laws of the land in the legal sense. They are more like the laws of physics. An example would be the laws that govern gravity. And in this far distant past, when the ancients were still alive, there were schools for the young ones, where the old ones taught them all they needed to know about the sacred laws governing the thin places to connect with other dimensions. First, students learned to find these thin places. They were ready to connect and perhaps travel through the veil of this thin place when they were able to attune themselves to it so well that they could begin to see through the veil, feel what was on the other side, 
and begin to communicate with the beings there using the power of their hearts and their minds. Once, a teacher stood with his student atop a high hill overlooking a green valley. They were waiting for the light of the day to reach its liminal edge, that moment just before the sun completely disappears into the horizon. Kamina was nervous. Merlin was not going to tell her when the moment came, and if she missed it, she would have to wait a whole year before this opportunity would come again. Find your center, Kamina. Nerves have no place here, said Merlin. Right, center. Yes, okay, she answered. She took a deep, steadying breath. She had already mastered the sturdy, permanent dimensional doorways that existed in stone circles, like the ones at the Stone Song, and the solar door, the one that opened twice daily at sunrise and at sunset. She was also proficient in finding the star roads through those fleeting doorways that could be counted upon to open at certain places during certain times of the year, and usually several times a year. But the galactic doorway, the one that opened directly into the heart of the universe, was a door that opened but once, each year as the sun set on this one night in late summer, when the archer himself could be seen pointing the way. The constellation of the Lyak Cage Asayad, the hero of the throne arrows, would be visible all this night and for several more besides, but there was only one moment when his guidance could be harnessed to open the galactic doorway. And this was the third try for Kamina. If she failed this time, Self-doubt is also not welcome here, said Merlin. I know, she answered. There is only this moment. What came before is gone, and what comes next does not yet matter, he said. His words, his voice, and his calm presence helped Kamina to focus. The sacred fire they had kindled was burning steadily behind them in the small, rock-lined pit that had been established on this hill many years before. Its warmth felt good against her back. She remembered the lessons of her last two attempts to open the great door. First, send the call before the hero appears, knowing it will reach him as he becomes visible. Second, remain unmoving until the response. The sinking sun was half gone. She spread her arms, sending her call to the hero, even before she could see him, asking to be shown the way to the great door in the flight of his first arrow of the year. Then she waited, letting go of her fear and allowing herself to enjoy this pause, this anticipation. She held the question in her heart, holding the request of all her elders up to the deepening indigo sky, wrapped in her offering of love and joy. We seek your guidance as we await the doom our star cousins have foreseen. 
This is a question you should be asking as our elder, Kamina had whined to Merlin as they had walked to the hill. Especially since we don't know if I will succeed in opening the great door. You and all of those who are your age and younger are the ones that will be required to meet the full force of this fate, said Merlin. It is you they will look to for guidance when I join the ancestors. This is why tasks like this one now fall to you. There is time yet, so if you cannot open the door this year, we will wait, and you will try again next year. Your training is complete. You must now step forward and master your lessons. I am your guide. The council has spoken. She had hung her head, feeling the full weight of his words. Take comfort. I am not going anywhere for a long time yet, he said. And I think you will surprise even yourself this time. I believe in you. His words helped. Her arms were getting tired now, but still she stood watching the sky. And there it was. The constellation of stars was visible now, and she could see the vivid outline of the hero with the clarity she only experienced when she was in the midst of a calling. Her message had flown true. The air crackled around them as a pulse seemed to emanate from the center of the constellation. And then the great door in the center of the universe opened, pouring light and sound and vibration over Kamina and Merlin until they were enveloped in a radiance they could not close their eyes against. Surrounded by a harmony, they drank into their ears and embraced in a vibration that echoed with a deep, booming joy through their veins. Kamina was able to understand the first part of the message, but her senses were soon overwhelmed with a knowing and a being and a becoming that she knew would take her a long time to absorb. She had been well trained. She knew how to let the information flow through her, trusting she would remember all she needed and that the information she was receiving would come forward when it was meant to be known. What she was able to retain in that moment was this. We see you, little sister. Remember the pathways. Breathe in wisdom. Align with beauty. Let fall what must fall. Clear the broken patterns and reweave them. Let growth evolve everything. It was like floating on a sea of light. And when the great door closed, Kamina found herself again standing on the hill, now in the full dark of night. She could see the hero with his bow strung and still aimed at the shining center of the universe. The great door gleamed as it faded from view against a backdrop of brilliant stars. Merlin was still enwrapped, his eyes closed. As she let her arms drop, he began to chant, 
dance the elements into transformation, sing the words to hold the pattern fast, invite the earth to glow, invite such power and such grandeur as is willing to attend until our mother is overflowing, her winds and her currents and her innermost fires, her breathing forests and her wheeling skies, May she take this multitude of offerings deep into stones and deep into seas where it settles, where it keeps, where it lasts as long as it must for all the long ages that lie ahead. Merlin opened his eyes and looked at Kamina. She found herself answering, to regenerate the ways, to repurpose the pattern, to set the healing course, to hold all and keep all and heal all, that we may all live in harmony and reverie and ever-expanding joy. Then the light that was on both their faces faded and they both staggered a little, as if the full weight of their bodies was too much to bear. Moving to the fire, Merlin picked up a small bowl of dried juniper and tossed it on the flames. Together they offered thanks and closed the ceremony. Then they simply sat and stared into the flames. After a long silence, Comina spoke. I had no idea it could be that powerful she said. Neither did I, said Merlin. What? It's not like that all the time? No, it's never been like that before. Ever. Another long silence. What does it mean? asked Kamina. We will see in time, said Merlin. He held up a hand when she began to speak. But all that can be said has already been said, he said. Kamina nodded. Okay. Then he chuckled and leaned toward her. Whatever it is, it's big, he said. Then he chuckled again. You can take the first watch. He wrapped his robe around himself and settled his head on his pack. Dear grandchildren, learning to pay attention to those out-of-the-ordinary things like a crazy idea or a strange moment of deja vu or a funny kind of twinkle from an unexpected place is a kind of doorway for you to begin exploring the thin places in our world. There is a school of thought that says putting your attention on any given point at regular intervals, say daily, over a given period of time, say six months or so, is the way to create an Aleph, a magical place that becomes your own infinite point of understanding. Dear grandchildren, it is my fondest wish for you that when you are seeking solutions to the challenges in your life, that you will find yourself, at least once, experiencing light and sound and vibration pouring over you until you are enveloped in a radiance you cannot close your eyes against. 
You are surrounded by a harmony you drink into your ears, and you are embraced with a vibration that echoes with a deep, booming joy through your veins. Thank you for listening to Episode 10 of The Grandmother Stories. See you soon. This podcast is for my grandchildren. To share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy that I've managed to find, even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, and your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times.